You are listening to Shareworthy, the influencer and content marketing podcast brought to you by Isaiah, the industry's leader in developing technology that helps marketers and creators connect. Hey everybody, Katie here. Welcome to Shareworthy, Isaiah's influencer and content marketing podcast. Show notes can be found at IZEA.com and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow Isaiah on Twitter at IZEA and Facebook at facebook.com slash Inc. All links are in the show notes. Hey, everybody. Hey, Paula. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm very well. Thanks for being on here. I am happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Cool. Well, why don't we get started with you telling us a little bit about yourself? Who are you and what do you do? I am Paula Rallo, and I am a blogger and social media influencer, I suppose, and author and mom of two kids and Hufflepuff. Go team Hufflepuff. (laughs) All right. So you're a blogger and you have two kids. Would Would you be okay with being called a mom blogger? Yes, I'm one of the few that doesn't actually get offended by that term because I'm one of my sites is in the parenting niche, so I feel like that makes sense. There are dad bloggers, there are mom bloggers, there are food bloggers. I think that only gets offensive when you're blogging maybe about tech and you happen to have children and then people are trying to kind of lessen your your professionalism by putting that mom term in front of you, but I blog about having kids, so it makes sense to me as a term. Gotcha. So how did you get started along your career path? I am a blogging dinosaur. I've been blogging since I was 15. Back in the day of no, no one was doing this as a job. We were doing it because we thought we were cooler than we were. So I blogged for free for a really long time. And then about four or five years ago, realized other people were doing this for money. So I figured I'd give that a go. And I didn't have any money to start it up. So my uh, mother-in-law paid for me to get my domain name and get a professional looking site and all that and I figured I'd give it a go for a year and it worked. Nice. So what what was your first blog like? Oh gosh, that's terrifying. <laughs> My first blog was embarrassing. It was on Zoom share. Zoom like share. yeah, no one's ever even heard of it. I'm not sure how I picked it. And it was just embarrassing thoughts of a 15-year-old like no one no 15 year old should have their thoughts on the internet at least no 15 year old like me i think there are some bloggers who do it quite well now but i was not one of those gotcha so after you got your domain name set up and you wanted to try doing it for free how did you grow your brand how did you start getting paid as a blogger Mm, i just wrote a lot back then link parties were a real big thing that you could get your your name out there through linking up with other bloggers so i did that a fair amount And then lots and lots of social media. I didn't really know any SEO or anything like that. It was just writing a lot and social media-ing a lot until I got enough page views to do something with. So so when when did that happen? When was your first big break? It was about six to seven months into trying to make money blogging. And, and this was, again, nobody really knew a lot about blogging for profit. So my whole family was kind of patting me on the back and telling me it would be fine if I failed. So I actually signed up with Isaiah, which was then Social Spark. And there were two offers in there. And of course, me, I don't know if this is a sketchy brand. Is this real life? I have no idea, but I'm trying. And I remember there were two offers and one was for $30 and one was for like 150. And I deleted the 150 one because I thought it was laughable that anyone would pay a blogger $150 for their reach. 
and I applied to a $30 Teespring post and I got it and I like called my mother-in-law screaming. I was like, if I do, you know, 800 of these, I'll have made, you know, however much. I've got my calculator out because I thought I was just like amazing because I made $30 on a post that should have been 150, but I didn't apply to that one. <laughs> but that was when I first realized I could do this. I, I made I made some money, which is what I was trying to do, and more than anyone thought I could do. So it was a pretty big deal to me, <laughs> that $30. Nice. I, I bet along the lines you've been asked to blog about some pretty weird things. What's one of the more outlandish pitches you've taken on? And, and what's what's a weird thing a brand has asked you to do? I think do follow links are asked for all the time and that's annoying, but people also, because my URL is beauty through imperfection. So I get beauty brands pitching me about 10 a week. Um, and it's clear they've never been to my blog because I don't even know what to do with makeup, but they want me to blog about it. And so that's always exciting. I've gotten pitched for some lingerie brands, which as a mommy blogger, it's not really, no, <laughs> it doesn't really fit my audience gotten some crazy stuff that you probably don't want mentioned on a podcast. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Have you ever been stiffed or scammed by a brand? Is that a threat out there for aspiring bloggers? Um, absolutely. And I think especially in the early days, I took some posts before I knew what do follow links were that they were requiring me to do things like that or asking me not to disclose. And I just didn't know any better because I hadn't read the whole FTC guidelines. Nobody really tells you you need to do that at first. And there's definitely been some that I just, they never paid me. And your only option is going to a lawyer, but I don't have the money for a lawyer. They know I don't have the money for a lawyer. So, you know, you can slam them publicly or just kind of let it slide. I'm getting a little bit better about picking those people out beforehand now and kind of looking up look up the business on the BBB, make sure they're a legitimate business before I even take the post instead of just jumping at anything that offers me cash. Yeah, <laughs> that's some pretty sage advice. Yeah. <laughs> Do your research. So you, you said brands used to ask you to not disclose that your content was sponsored. Does that still happen? And if so, what do you do in that situation? I have a canned response that I kind of copy paste to those people because it happens so often. And also a lot of brands wait until like eight emails in where you've spent like an hour with them. And then they're like, oh, and by the way, I need all do follow links and no disclosure. So I've just started throwing it in the first or second email. Here's my pitch. Here's what I can do for you. Here are my prices. And also as part of the requirements, it will be all no follow links and there will be a proper disclosure as per FTC guidelines. Like it's all in there. And then the sketchy ones usually leave right after that, sometimes after chewing me out and telling me how behind the times with SEO I am. And I have to refrain from sending a follow-up email to tell them how behind the times they are with F or SEO and FTC guidelines. Our, our state of the creator economy found that that happens more often than you think. So along those lines, do you ever write about things that aren't true to your brand? Do, do you ever write about things that you don't like or don't use? And when you take on something like that, are you able to find inspiration in it? Do you start not thinking you're going to like it and then end up liking it? That rarely happens, but there are just some random things that I don't do. And so like, like I only, I only um, do carry on travel, for example, but I wouldn't keep me from writing about a cool checked baggage for kids because that totally is on brand for my blog, even though it's not necessarily something I would use in real life because I'm all about carry on and backpacks. It's a good way to be. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> 
What do creators want from brands? In a perfect world, what would make an influencer or creator engagement work perfectly? So I guess you're looking for more than just cold, hard cash as the answer. (laughs) Is money the main driver? For me, it is. I know that other creators have different goals. And I think that's kind of what makes this industry a little bit confusing at times, because there are people like me who are just, I mean, I I pay all the bills in our house. So if, if there's no money involved, I pretty much don't work. But there are other people who are looking for other things, like maybe free curriculum for their kids or for a free trip or different things along those lines. Um, so that makes sense for them. I think as long as the compensation is in kind and, and is fair, it can be money or it can be something else. I just always prefer money. So I, I guess other than fair compensation, I would say just the respect that we are equals in this industry. And I'm actually a business person, not just, oh, a little blogger. I own my own business. It's actually an LLC, like all of those things. I try to command that respect now, but a couple of years ago, there was a lot of like talking down to me and things like that. And so it was harder for me to come up and convince myself that I was an equal with them. Sometimes the person pitching you is kind of, kind of rude um, if you're dealing directly with a brand, but bloggers need to have confidence in going into it. Like we have a huge reach that the brand needs and we are equals in this way. So is it a is it a self perception that needs improvement or is it an overall industry wide perception? I think both. I know some brands and some networks. I mean, Isaiah has always been amazing, but they're especially dealing directly with brands. Sometimes there's just this. I mean, I've been yelled at for asking to be paid and not just working for free, and that anybody in my position would be just thrilled to work for maybe possibly getting a tweet from the brand. And I'm like, well, but. I have more Twitter followers than you, so (laughs) it's just weird. So sometimes there's just this looking down upon bloggers that I'm ready to leave our industry because it gets annoying. So what should brands know about creators? That we are professionals too. But I think creators need to know that too. It's it's fair, you know, I'm, I'm talking bad a little bit about brands not respecting us, but I think a lot of bloggers don't act in a respectable way and don't act like business people, so it's really on both ends that bloggers need to act like professionals and then brands need to treat us like we're professionals. It definitely goes both ways. If it's a, if you're making money off of it, if it's your job, you should treat it like a job. Exactly. Not like a hobby. Yes, for sure. I'm sure you get a lot of comments on your work and I'm sure there are some that are better than others and more constructive than others. So when you Go to battle with the trolls. How do you arm yourself? How do you defeat the trolls? Oh, you never battle a troll. Never. <laughs> mm, really, I, I delete trollish comments. If someone's disagreeing with something that I wrote, I don't have a problem with that at all, and I will leave it. But if you're attacking my family or another person in the comments or me as a human, I'll delete it or I'll, I kind of have some of them archived because I find them amusing. Someone accused me of being a serial killer once. That was definitely a favorite. Based on what context? Uh, Based on the fact that my husband and I got married 35 days after we met. So obviously serial killer, right? Yeah, that's a logical step. Another person told me I smell bad. Through a blog. Yeah, through the internet, they could smell me apparently. So if they could, I guess that's valid. Maybe they were in the cubicle next to you. Yeah, it could be. It could be. So I I find them amusing now. They don't really offend me. People have told me they feel sorry for my kids because I parent so poorly. But 
at the end of the day, they don't actually know me. So anything positive or negative, I don't really take to heart because these people don't know me. So they could think I'm the greatest person in the world and that's only because I'm writing only the good parts of me. Or they could think I'm a serial killer and that's because they don't know me. So I don't really worry about any of them. I worry about what people in real life think of me. <laughs> if somebody I know is saying, you know, parent better or something, I would pay more attention than a commenter. So delete, ban, block. <laughs> all those things. All those things. Pretty obvious answer to this question, but I want to hear from you. Should you ever click a link in the comment section? Absolutely not. <laughs> and if you're a good blogger, you're probably deleting all of those links. So poor unsuspecting blog readers who think that they really have won $10,000 from an African country, you know, don't end up clicking to their doom. Gotcha. <laughs> All right, final question. Uh, this is your chance to be an influencer and influence our listeners. What do you want to pitch? I will pitch this fabulous water you made me. <laughs> and what water is that? You didn't tell me the brand name, but uh, Justin makes water and it's great. And that's for a later <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Thanks so much for being on here, Paula. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. That's all the shareworthy knowledge for now. Stay tuned for future episodes and remember to always champion the creators. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time.